the Dr. Rick Podcast, where internationally renowned orthopedist Dr. Richard Lehman cuts through the clutter and brings you unbiased real science and unfiltered information to guide your family. Hello again, everybody. I'm Bob Ramsey, your host, and of course, star of the show is Rick Lehman, and we've got a number of things to talk about. Um, the main topic for uh, this podcast, uh, Rick, artificial sweeteners, every, America is hooked on soda pop. And um, so rather than just say, hey, we got to get rid of it all, which is probably the answer, Doc, it becomes picking your poison, artificial sweeteners versus real sugar. Well, let's walk it back for just a minute, Bob. So I think the the incidence of people drinking, um, and we'll call it soda pop, but it can be fruit juices, anything that's sugar-based, not artificial sweetener-based, but sugar-based, you have to really think about. So what's the problem? The problem is, number one, empty calories. Number two, uh, obesity in, in the United States, which is over 60%. And number three, insulin response. You're going to hear a lot about insulin response on these podcasts because insulin response does a lot of things and a lot of things bad. And the first thing insulin response does poor, when it's poor, and we'll talk about that, is it ages you. It causes uh, what's called senescence in your cells. So the way you deal with sugar or glucose, which is your body makes insulin, your pancreas makes insulin, and that is the way we get rid of that glucose, glucose or um, process that glucose creates aging. And so if you have a bad insulin response, you eat a candy bar in the middle of the day, your insulin goes way up to deal with the glucose and then goes way down because of the glucose response that increases aging. So what we ultimately want to do is not have that process to happen. And how, how do we do that? Number one, we can do that by exercise. We can do that by eating vegetables before we eat glucose. We can do that by uh, having apple cider vinegar before we eat glucose. But if you're just going to have a soda or a fruit drink, apple juice, etc., processed fruit drink, your insulin is going to go way up or your glucose is going to go way up. Your insulin is going to go way up and it's going to deal. It's going to process that. And that has detrimental effects. So the logical answer would then be, well, let's not have glucose. And so years ago, someone said, let's make artificial sweeteners. And so they made artificial sweeteners. And what was the idea? The idea was not to promote this pancreatic response to glucose and to deal with obesity. And for some reason, such a good idea has gone off the rails. So... There are a couple things to get into, but I want to go right to the heart of that. So it seemed like a good idea. It seemed like an idea rather than say, people, quit drinking this stuff. You got to stop. The answer was, we know you're going to drink it. So let's try and make it safer. So what along the way made it go, as you said, off the rails? Well, and, and that's really the crux of what we're talking about. So Artificial sweeteners do a few things. Number one, they don't limit your body. They don't trigger the satiation that you get from, from drinking real sugar or eating real sugar. So if you have artificial sweeteners, and it could be soda, it could be in your cereal, it could, you know, artificial sweeteners in a million things, candy bars, protein bars, etc. Then what happens is your, your response is a negative response in that you still, your body still craves that sugar. And after 
you have the insulin go up and the insulin go down, you're hungry. And so that's the problem oh. with weight gain. Your insulin, you, you have the glucose, your insulin goes up, takes care of the glucose, your insulin goes down. And we all know you get the sugar rush and then you get the sugar low, right? You're tired, you're, you feel terrible. And what your body wants is to regulate the insulin or the glucose, both, so it gets hungry. It wants you to eat. And then that's where obesity comes in. Well, the problem is the artificial sweeteners, number one, don't really well regulate that. You're still hungry and your body still craves a response. And so after you've had the artificial sweetener, and well, we can talk about why artificial sweeteners are bad in and of themselves, then you still have this metabolic response and you're, you're still hungry and you still, your body still wants to have a event. And that event is going to be carbohydrates, sugar, candy bar, Cheetos, whatever, whatever your passion is that has a lot of glucose in it. And, and, and that is going to then trigger your insulin response, which again, cause your glucose to go low, you get hungry. And as you go through a few cycles of this, you gain weight because you, you have to eat to, to basically feed that insulin response. Now, artificial sweeteners also have a problem besides causing this metabolic problem in that they may ultimately be very bad for you. And, and everybody's a little bit, um, there's some separatism in this. Some people feel that they're all bad for you. Some people feel stevia and some of the more natural ones aren't as bad for you. But the early sweeteners probably do have some neurological uh, and possible cancer-based issues that have that neuroscientists uh, will tell you have been, uh, I'm going to say, swept under the rug or not well publicized. So let's talk about those. And so um, I drank diet soda for a long time, a couple of decades. And then a number of years ago, or several years ago, I quit. So can my body recover from all that diet crap that was in there? Well, you know, we have a, we have a big audience out there, and that's why we're talking about this. So what, yeah. what is the answer? And the answer is to go back to drinking water um, or flavored water. And there's a million kinds of flavored water. Uh, they have no calories. They might have a little bit of fizz in them. So sparkling waters that that are that have flavor in them, or you could go to drinking uh, just plain water and put a little lemon juice or lime juice in it yourself, or you could go to drinking low calorie um, Gatorade, etc. You just have to make sure they don't have any artificial sweeteners in them. So yes, your body. The answer to your question directly is everyone listening, and the reason we're talking about it is you need to quit drinking, if possible, soda especially if you're overweight, you're not overweight. So that's not an issue. And you probably should try to limit both sodas and, and artificially sweetened drinks to maybe one a day, three or four a week. Now, if, if you drink it a little bit, you know, once in a while, it's not going to hurt you. If you're drinking five or six a day, which I used to do routinely in medical yeah. school, I'd probably have five or six diet Cokes a day on a good day. Then then that's not good for you. And yes, you can revert back to the mean, back to the normal by going back to drinking Again, the things we talked about, iced tea, water, and tea is the greatest thing in the world. The two things that people maybe argue about, but they're wrong, is the best thing you could do is go make some tea, green tea, brown tea, black tea, it doesn't make any difference, and pour it in a glass of ice and drink some tea. Very healthy, hmm. wakes you up a little bit, has some caffeine. People feel it's very protective against cancers and other 
diabetes, a number of diseases. And coffee is the same. One of the best things you could do, again, make some coffee. Don't put a bunch of junk in it. Put it over ice. Let it get cold. And drink that as a refreshing drink. No calories, no weight issues, no glucose response. And none of the things we talk about and probably has a very protective effect. Some people feel that the coffee bean is a very, very healthy um, disease preventative uh, type of drink that everybody should drink. And some people recommend two to three drinks, and that could be tea or coffee a day, with the idea that that's going to decrease your incidence of getting cancer, diabetes, et cetera. Yeah, the anti, it, it's becoming recognized for the antioxidants, correct? No question. And, and, and a very powerful, powerfully, powerfully, and the, the, the truth of the matter is the research corroborates this. Research tells us that the anti antioxidant effect in these drinks, and so you wonder why, you know, these old people are old and maybe they're Asian or whatever they are. They've drank green tea their whole life, part of their culture, and they're living probably an average of 10 to 13 years longer than Western culture. Well, that may be one of the reasons or diet can be one of the reasons, but clearly this obsession with drinking tea has a uh, benefited their health. And again, it, you hit it on the head. It's the antioxidant effect and the uh, protection against changes in the DNA in the cells. So Dr. Lehman, one other thing that, um, that I, I vaguely become aware of um, had for years stomach issues. And aren't there some links to the um, artificial sweeteners and problems with the gut? No question. And, and if you think about it, uh, all these drinks are acidic, which which isn't great for your gut. But the artificial sweeteners and again, NutraSweet, saccharin, and we can go through the whole list, aspartame. These 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 sweeteners uh, create a GI issue. And, and many people feel that the, that the gut is really the key to our body. It's the key to our brain uh, neural function. It's a key to our cardiovascular function. So things have really changed over the last seven to 10 years as the gut being a very major um, center, sort, sort of the neural center of your body. And, and everything is dependent on the neural responses from your GI tract. So yes, so there's a big issue with drinking. Uh, and again, it's not just diet soda, but anything that has these artificial sweeteners with GI diseases, and that can create a number of things that can create ulcers that can create uh, what's called dyspepsia, irritable bowel syndrome, all these things that cause a little bit of gurgling, a little bit of pain, and then maybe an, an ulcer, acidic changes in your GI tract. So there's a number of issues that have been associated with, with, with drinking some of these things. And again, the, the answer is not, you don't have to quit, but there's nothing wrong with taking three sips and saving the rest of it or drinking one a day or one every other day, but there is something wrong with that being your major source of hydration. And, and, and that's what we're trying to prevent. And isn't it amazing where we've come? And, I, and, and we've talked about this before, about how America and the world has gone from being agrarian to industrialized. And the problem, and it really was a problem as we changed, was how do you feed the masses? and you mass produce food. And these are the things we keep coming up with. And so after a century, probably more than that, but let's say a century being industrialized, <clears throat> excuse me, the 
we're kind of realizing what we should have known all along. Our, our stomach, our guts, not just a garbage disposal. All right, throw it in there, grind it up, get rid of it. Is that that it, as you point out, you know, the kind of fuel you put in there matters to the whole body. Well, and that 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 that, that message needs to resonate with everybody. And, and And that's maybe the most important thing we've talked about and that what are we trying to avoid? Well, you kind of you kind of hit on on what happened. What happened was fructose was very inexpensive and we could make a lot of fructose and we could put it in drinks and we could supersize the drinks and we could sell it extremely cheaply. And cane sugar is more expensive and becoming more expensive because there are fewer and fewer um, cane processing countries, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, it pales in expense compared to High, high fructose corn syrup, which is very cheap. So back when when soda changed and soda went from being sugar-based, which it's not anymore, to high fructose corn syrup-based, it became extremely inexpensive, extremely available, and extremely processed. And so what, what, what are you really talking about? What you're really talking about is we've gone to feed the masses, We've gone to highly processed food. We all eat it. Nothing you can do about it. And our drink has gone to highly processed food. And let's be honest, Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola tastes a lot better than plain water once you get used to that. So you're, you, once you start drinking it, that's what your body wants. So now we're putting that in our gut. And as you said, we treat our gut as a garbage disposal when really it's the link to our health. It's a link to our cognition. It's a link to our how our heart works. It's a link to our vascular system. And so dumping it in there and, 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 and not thinking about the consequences and how it's processed has led us to all these diseases. So back in the day, we talked about this. You ran through the jungle or ran wherever you ran. You ran a lot. You killed something. You ate. You probably were going to be another four or five days before you killed something. So you couldn't eat for four or five days. And you you really weren't eating a lot. There weren't a lot of Snickers bars back then. There wasn't even shoes or anything. And so all this processed food that we're eating now is a completely changed diet from what happened. So now when we talk about keto and going back to um, these diets that were, that were, I'm going to say back to our roots, but back to really where we started Mediterranean diet. There's a bunch of them. Paleo. Yeah, paleo, you know, Atkins, all these diets that 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 you're seeing, really what they're doing is just reverting back to a time when we ate non-processed foods, we didn't eat a lot of carbs, we didn't have a lot of sugary drinks, and we didn't really eat every day. You know, when they talk about intermittent fasting, everybody intermittent fasted, you don't have any choice. So what you're telling me is, in your opinion, there weren't likely very many fat cavemen. <laughs> well, they were eating paleo. No, there weren't any fat cavemen because you only got your share and then you had to run around all day. <laughs> and this was, you know, before there was, we, we, we had an agrarian situation where people were farming and had wheat and this and that, you know, that, that there wasn't any of that. So you ate what you killed and sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. So no, there weren't any fat um people at that time number one and the cavemen were were lucky to eat once a week twice a week and and lastly and most importantly 
they got unbelievable exercise because you had no choice. You know, there weren't any buses or cars or those little scooter things people are driving. I mean, none of that. You know, funny, I'm an old West buff. And when you see real pictures of, of real um, pioneer people, old West people, unlike the movies, very few overweight cowboys. They ate lean. They worked their butts off, literally. And uh, it's it's not an accident. It's not a some sort of uh, uh, anomaly that, that they were they were all skinny people. Well, true, absolutely. And, and, you know, they ate in the morning a little bit. They worked all day and then they ate a little bit at night and then they went to bed and they did it again. Food wasn't very readily available. The part of the problem we have now is food's just so readily available. I mean, you just can walk from your house or drive five minutes and you could probably find five restaurants that will serve you whatever you want to eat. Tastes great. Billions of dollars in marketing for you to like it. And you, you, you develop a taste for it. And then all of a sudden eating raw vegetables or uh, raw meat or barely cooked meat isn't so great. But the bottom line turns out to be back to our initial issue. Um, you got to pick your poison and your poison should be water. You know, you, you probably there's good things about artificial sweeteners. They can keep you thin, but they have their, their downsides. They do mess with your GI biome and they do mess with your insulin response. And you can pick sugar. And in a, and in a Western culture that's grossly obese and all of us, you know, we, we probably weigh a little bit too much. Sugar is not the answer. And we're finding out the insulin response is causing aging and probably a number of diseases. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, the best thing to do is get some ice and open up your tap and drink a little bit of water. It's probably the safest thing you can drink. So finally, the other thing to take away from this, well, a couple of things. We're going to repeat it again. Get rid of the soda or or artificially flavored drinks. But um, if if you can't really try coffee and tea, if you can try and find a way in your lifestyle to substitute with coffee and tea, um, that you're going to feel a benefit over time. No question. And I think that I, I think you kind of bring up a good point. Don't transition into going just from eight sodas a day to nothing. You know, try try to cut down your number of sodas and and in the middle drink some sparkling water which is fairly inexpensive or try to substitute with sparkling water and a little iced coffee or iced tea and then continue to work through that till you're drinking either plain water or you're drinking uh, an ice drink that's coffee or tea that's probably the transgression if you just try to quick cold turkey it's gonna be a little tough but boy, if you can get refreshed from just plain tea, green tea, black tea, brown tea, don't make any difference, then you've really made a benefit to your health. That is Dr. Richard Lehman. His book is How to Raise an Athlete. I'm Bob Ramsey. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the next Dr. Rick podcast. From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal, Center, and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community.